Hello and welcome to HBR Talk 260. Uh, one thing nearly half of people are starting to understand. Part 2. Um, and, and yeah, everybody knows who we are, but we're going to introduce ourselves anyway. Just just for the people who hate us and love us the most. I'm your host, Hannah Wellen, <laughs> here with Nonsense Annihilator, Lauren Brooks, and the personification of perceptivity, Mike Stevenson, also known as my, Dr. Randy McCam. My intro changes every episode. It is. Uh, no, it, it didn't. No, it didn't. I promise. It's, I'm, I I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, no, no one else's intro yeah. changes every time. Just I haven't, just, haven't settled on anything for for sure yet, but that's great. That's great. I, I wish you could give it. You I should give everyone else a disclaimer. A, you should give everyone else a different intro every time. Oh God, <laughs> I would lose track so fast. That's Karen's job. Yeah, she's good at that. <laughs> but in any case, that is the three of us, and we are yeah. back uh, from from two weeks ago to uh, continue discussing the article that we were looking at back then um, for the Center for Male Psychology, written by Dr. John Barry, which provides some hope. Um, like I, I said before, you know, uh, baby steps, right? So this week we're going to continue reading that article, which is linked in the low bar. Uh, but before we get to that, we got to do what we got to do. As always, Honey Badger Radio dishes out a smorgasbord of thought-provoking discussions, and as experiences both recent and long past have demonstrated, the provoked thoughts are fighting back. They've made it clear that for people like us relying on third-party payment platforms like Patreon to fund our work, it's treading on thin ice, or building our house in the path of a rapidly growing wildfire. In light of this, we strongly encourage our supporters to switch at least their support for us to FeedTheBadger.com, the most stable way to help us out. And if you want to tip us directly instead of relying on any social media platform's tip jar, the link for that is FeedTheBadger.com slash tip. And as always, the same risk applies to our social media platforms, which is why you should further provoke the Thought Police by tracking our thought-provoking discussions on HoneyBadgerBrigade.com, where you can find your way to all of our content, as well as a link to FeedTheBadger.com in the drop-down menu at the top of the page. And, uh, as, as we've talked about before, one of the biggest hurdles the uh, men's rights movement has to get over is society's lack of compassion for men. Like that... That stands in the way of pretty much everything, because if you don't have compassion for men, you don't care how fathers feel about losing their children, whether boys are left behind in education, whether people are unfairly prosecuted, whether they're unfairly convicted. Uh, you know, none of these issues will matter without that compassion. Certainly, the suicide issue becomes a, a non-issue, too, if you have no compassion right? Unless you're worried about expense. You end up yeah. having to be completely mercenary to have any concern at all for men's issues under, under that circumstance. So how do we... Prov and, and, and when you break a society down in that way, it yeah. becomes easier to, uh, you know, um, not, not corrupt, but um, what is the word that I'm thinking of? Uh, take over, yeah. basically. Yeah. You know? That's, that's but kind of how but, you end but up with surely, surely, if you defeat the anti cisgender lobby and you defeat the anti white lobby, uh, then... wait, where am I going with this? 
where I'm going with this to the lobby is 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 that so many of us are are trying to defeat the transgender activists and trying to defeat the non-white activists and then once once they've done that they'll have done they'll have fixed everything they need to fix because they think they're fixing the causes of the problem when they're really only fixing the symptoms of the problem and we here at Honey Badger Radio are here to let you know that these are just the symptoms of the problem. The causes of the problem are so ancient that you can't even contemplate these things. The, the, uh, the, uh, the idea of destroying male identity. What? How dare you? You're obvious. You've gone mental. You have. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we got a long yeah. winding tapestry to unravel, but yeah. uh, in any case, uh, and what I wanted to point out uh, with this intro is, you know, how do we how do we persuade lawmakers to defend the civil rights of people whose fellow citizens, including the lawmakers themselves, right, view as disposable? If if people see men as disposable, they have no compassion for men. How do we get lawmakers to defend men's civil rights? So we have to debunk men's disposability first. And as we've gone through this article, the one thing that stands out is that a few more people are recognizing discrimination against men. And that awareness, which is slowly growing and fairly new, isn't compatible with viewing men as disposable. You can't you can't consider somebody discriminated against if they deserve equal treatment, right? Um, like you can't you can't uh, fail, or rather, you can't consider somebody discriminated against if they don't deserve equal treatment. Right. Like it's, equal it's, treatment. Equal treatment. What are you? Some kind of communist? No. Heaven. Heavens. No, Hannah. We need to give women better treatment than men and then we will be safe from communism lol that's what they said in russia uh during the revolution um but this is a this is a step in the right direction as we're seeing in the article it it's a uh it's a step down the path we need to take so i guess the uh the best thing to do is start reading along and and see where the path goes show um, at the graph we were at before, and we we talked a little bit about this graph, and you know pointed out there are some countries that are very very much aware um, that that uh, our our foray into feminism around the world has done damage to men, and then there are countries that are a little less aware, and the United States is not in the most aware part of the list uh the uk isn't either but um but we're in the middle which is better than i thought we would be uh so the authors of the survey uh commented that compared with pre-covid more people think things have gone far enough in other words we were done now feminism has achieved what it needs to achieve we can stop that's uh, far enough, right? 
The fact that opinions have shifted in the past few years suggests that the gender empathy gap is not set in stone, but is, at least to some degree, changeable. Another graph, page 7 of the sur survey, shows differences on average across the generations. 53% of Millennials and 52% of Generation Z agree with the above statement about discrimination against men. Uh, more agreement than Gen X, 46%, or Baby Boomers, 40%. And uh, I'll go back to the above statement because it's been two weeks. 48% uh, of participants agreed somewhat or strongly that we have gone so far in promoting women's equality, and we did talk about you know the misuse of the word equality there, that we are discriminating against men. Like, you can't promote and, equality by discriminating against anyone. And as, as memeable as it is, it's such bullshit that we keep... Um heaping blame upon the boomers or upon the zoomers or upon gen x or gen y or gen z whatever they are because all of the above generations have been subject to the same bullshit mm -hmm. the same the same gynocentric feministic and yes i'm gonna say feministic even though that shouldn't be a word uh, misogynistic shouldn't be a word it should just be misogynist but they added an extra syllable just to make it sound even worse misogynistic it's even worse <laughs> you know, than misogynist even though misogynist when it's yucky so and yeah i just i just feel like it's such a distraction mm. uh to have to have this fight between boomers and gen x's and and millennials and zoomers when, like I said, they've, they've, they, we, we've all been subject to the same bullshit. Mm -hmm. We, it's, it doesn't do us any good to fight against each other as generations of all things, generations, because that just pits parents against children and grandparents against children, and even if you tally it all up, great grandparents against children. Like, for fuck's sake, families are not the problem. This this was the original uh, fucking firing line of yeah. of the Marxists, which has been going on since before generations were even labelled with anything. The whole idea of Marxism was to pit families against each other to destroy the family unit, and and this is and this is why we're only playing into their bullshit by by playing boomers against. Gen Xs and and millennials and and Zoomers, like we're we're all just different generations of the same thing, or 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 whatever we feel like figuring out about these things. Like they're it, tempting though it is to call Boomers a a bunch of fucking cucks who caused all this in the first place. Tempting though it is to call Millennials the people who brought this into fruition. Tempting though it is to call Zoomers the ultimate result uh, of of this bullshit, who 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 are bringing it into the unspeakable future, like generations are not. No generation is to blame for this bullshit. Feminism, 
is to blame for this bullshit. Exactly. It's been it's been going on since the silent generation. Right. It's a little older than that. Um you have you have feminism that that exploits gynocentrism, but there's so there's two types of things you could call gynocentrism. Um and uh, there's there's a lot of people that argue for the idea of natural gynocentrism, but when you look at natural gynocentrism, the discussion is about uh, women being important because women have the babies, and women were the caregivers for the babies and had to be protected so they could protect the babies and all that. So it's really about the babies, um, yeah. and, and and not so much about the women. It was just layers of protection around the baby and the capacity for reproduction. And I mean, if you, you, you kind of understand it if you hunt or you have someone in your family who hunts, especially if they hunt like deer um, in in an area where there aren't so many deer. Uh, like there's a shitload of deer here. I'm in Ohio, so they're like rats. Um, but but there's other uh, critters that, that, you know, you hunt that you have to be more careful to preserve, you know, them and everything. And one of the sort of cardinal rules of of hunting is that you don't kill the female animals if you can tell the difference between the females and the males um which is really easy with deer you know they they get those big antlers and uh you want the older males cuz they're more likely to be done reproducing and they're also bigger and heavier um but you uh so you you don't go after the the younger males you want you know the 30 point buck right um Funnily and, enough, you're never going to get Peter speaking out against this. Right. Well, and, and and saying you're all a bunch of misandrists for for shooting the males. Yeah, no, for going after the thirty point bucks. As a matter of fact, you're all a bunch of misogynists for for only getting eggs from the female chickens. <laughs> yes. How dare you is. do such a thing? You have to get those male eggs. Oh, wait a minute. But in, in any case. <laughs> The reason behind killing off the males and not females is that a female can only have one pregnancy at a time. But if there's a shortage of males, one male can impregnate, impregnate multiple females. And so that's, that's sort of the premise behind the belief in natural male disposability and natural gynocentrism. But... When you really think about that, it's not about the woman. It's not about the mother. It's about the children. It's gene centrism. It's baby centrism. It's it's carrying on the next generation centrism. And women just benefited from it by becoming important as a protector of the the thing that is actually valuable, which is your ability to reproduce and and carrying on to the next generation, right? So along comes in in the twelfth century in Europe, um, among the aristocracy, in particular French aristocracy, this idea of uh, romantic, um, chivalric romance, uh, but uh, romantic love and um, a gynocentric attitude, uh, venerating women, uh, ar- aristocratic courting, where uh, you don't just make an arrangement and the marriage happens, 
but the the suitor has to win the hand of the maiden and so on. It's um, worth pointing out, with... by the way, that romantic ideology has existed ever since Rome. Right. That's why, that's why it's called romantic. Is I, I if Alison's listening, I expect her to pop in any time and say, "How dare you! Rome was awesome." <laughs> well, in any case, um, they came up with the idea of courtly love and the idea of male sacrifice because women are just so great that they're worth it and so on. And over the centuries, that has warped the thing that we think of as natural gynocentrism that isn't actually gynocentrism into this twisted um, bastardization of women's uh, role as an important part of of parenting uh, of you know family and and so on into women just being important because vagina because X chromosomes like no other reason nothing special about women just you know women and all of a sudden women deserve safety nets and women deserve uh, to be treated like a lady and you know you don't have to act like one you just get to be treated <laughs> like one anyway right exactly like run, or, run around like me getting mad at people and telling them to fuck themselves sideways with a chainsaw and still have somebody lay their coat over a puddle so that you don't get your Ex feet wet exactly <laughs> and pull your chair out madam yeah, yeah don't this, do that this, to me because I will fall on the floor um, this, is why, this is why I'm all about ancient Greek society because that's what it was before Romans took it over and made and made everyone a bunch of simps. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I suppose that there were there, there there were certain advantages that were brought about by the Romans. I'm just saying, I the, if we can find a perfect middle ground between the Romans and the Greeks, then maybe we can advance society. Right. In in a dare I say progressive. It's so it's so ironic. Just that, not the progressive that, that progressives mean when they say it. Yeah, it's it's it, it's so ironic that um, society was able to progress from the dark ancient ages into the enlightened ancient ages using societies like the Greeks and the Romans that kind of finally said. Hey, maybe men are important too. Maybe men are awesome too, and maybe they brought it too far because because they operated on that paradigm where um they were very much in love. <laughs> uh, but th at least they operated for like a thousand years before they went under. Yeah, like like the society we're living in now has been operating for well. I, I I guess I'll leave that open to the commenters to wonder just how long the Gardner-centric society has been going on. Well, the Why thing is, that? we've it, it's sort of infected a bunch of different societies. You know, like, we have seen it go around the world. And, uh, you know, for, for people who think, yes, but what about Islamic countries? Uh, they're... they're they're gynocentric as well. And in fact, mm -hmm. part of what contributed to
to the development of European gynocentrism was Arabic poetry. And if you want to know more about that, um, it is the front page, the description of this is the front page of gynocentrism.com. Just, just the introduction, it, it has a, a great deal of information. Visit the links, read the links. Um, you'll find out you know, what I'm talking about here. But the, the point in regard to the difference between natural, the idea of natural gynocentrism, which is really not gynocentric, um, but but gene centric, versus the gynocentrism that we see today, which doesn't have a purpose, doesn't have an anchor, doesn't have any um, cause behind it, you know, any natural cause behind it, and and uh, really developed out of a sense of entitlement among the aristocracy. Like, that gynocentrism is malleable. That can change because it was inflicted on society uh, that was that was free from it before it was inflicted, right? And so it can be dismantled. It can be brought down. It can be cured. It's like a mental illness, um, and it can be treated, and we can... Uh, you know, I don't know how many steps... Um, it takes to get over gynocentrism addiction. It's a little bigger than any other addiction that we have because it's a society-wide yeah. one. Maybe yeah. more than 12. But we can make those steps. So what oh, we're talking I... about here is one of them. Yeah, so yeah, I mean... you can't blame the boomers. You can't blame Gen X. You can't blame the millennials. You can't blame the Zoomers. But you can notice that as we go through the generations... We're seeing a little bit more and more understanding of, hey, you know, men are men are getting the short end of the stick here now. This is not fair. Lauren, were you starting to talk? Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I was gonna say something before you moved on, but mm. it's it's fine. We can just go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I honestly, I forgot what oh, I was going to say, sorry, so it's sorry. Right. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. All right, well, I was going to say some shit about East Asia. <laughs> most like, most like you were talking about Middle Eastern Asia. Yes. Which and is... You, you, you'd think East Asia would be immune from this bullshit, and it was for the longest time, because because their um, sort of non-theological religions, if that's even a thing, um... So they got them by for a long time, and for a long time, they were the leaders of innovation in terms of um, engineering and uh, an early form of scientific innovation until they discovered communism. And 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 just <laughs> just to be as woke as I possibly can be, they only went south as a result of of the influence of Western, well, communism. Yeah. And then, and then they had the whole women hold up half of the sky thing. It was only, it was only communism that brought the, the East down from, from the lofty heights that they had in, in the, in their inventive heyday down to where they are now. 
And though we blame the West for feminism, perhaps quite rightly, because we we did kind of popularize it, but we popularized it among the East as well, in the form of communism. And what happened to the USSR once upon a time then happened to China and various other countries around it. Sorry. Sorry for the ding. That's my food. Um, yeah. The, I mean, the main villain of this story is communism. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, and... The, it's hard to tell if what came first, communism or feminism. Well, feminism is I, a um, collectivism that that is communist in nature, like that. That's that existed sort of pre-Marx, uh, and feminism has always just been a a, a collectivist, communistic um, exploitation of society's gynocentrism. So feminism has kind of existed alongside of the ideas that make up communism as sort of a yeah yeah we see we see your victim class your uh your economic victim class and, and we, we raise we you. raise you uh <laughs> gender victim right. class right yeah and so this is like these are these are things that are it's almost like taking a look at it's almost like taking a look at two trees that grew intertwined and uh developed shared roots and shared branches and and saying as asking you know well which one of these trees created the other well they 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 came from the same thing they're they're the same thing like they're not they're not separate um, it's just that one of them focuses on strictly on uh, redistributing money to everyone, and the other one says, "No, women first, ladies first, yeah. and we're yes. all ladies, no matter what we do." Exactly. So, except exactly. me, I know, lady. Um, <laughs> well, I, know I tried. Lady. <laughs> I tried once. I, I was. I was okay at it. But but you know that that also kind of in a sense explains this whole transgender push right because yeah. everybody's a lady if you gotta gotta have more. women are at such a minority that we have to recruit the men to become women <laughs> being a woman is so hard and so awful right. and, and women are so oppressed in society that there are men who are desperate to to experience it for themselves exactly <laughs> yeah um yeah, this is totally not about female privilege, right? So, going on, um, this is this survey showing a global increase in awareness of men's suffering? Could it be that the campaigning efforts of people like the Mankind Initiative have had an impact? That would be a massive achievement. Not least because experience shows that because just because we make people aware of men's suffering, example, the fact that 75% of suicides are male, that doesn't guarantee they will sympathize. In fact, victim blaming is common, and once people start thinking men are to blame for their own problems, or that men are a privileged elite, 
they tend to be resistant to recognizing men's suffering. Like, that's the hardest thing with male suicide, too, because you start talking about this, and some idiot feminist comes in and starts talking about toxic masculinity, and the first thing that you hear, men won't talk about their problems! Right. And it's such... It's but, such... but if they do, what happens? Right, they get chastised, they get criticized, they get ridiculed for doing it. And so I think... I think that this increase in awareness is is really you can I think it can be boiled down due to the the existence of the internet right and the because we're able to talk to people in other countries and you know the things that are happening in their like let's say in India with their ridiculous I, I forget what the um the 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 laws are that that the- that the dowry dowry. Law. right exactly um but yeah they if it wasn't for the internet they there wouldn't be this this international like discussion about what's happening and people we can connect we can compare and contrast what's going on and even if even if it's just hey someone who has immigrated to america from india is interested in looking for you know or or interested in in uh finding that news you know they <coughs> they get it and they spread it and it's like well okay well i'm here in india this is what's happening over in my country people the people start to listen they start to hear it, and, and that's how things happen and that's why like what we do when we talk about these things it's people like to dismiss it as oh you're just talking oh we're still talking about feminism and blah 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 well no it's not just talking about feminism it's talking about advocacy in the in in the legal areas where people are actually suffering across the globe you know and that i think is invaluable yeah so thank thank god for the internet because in the 90s not that anyone talked about politics in the 90s, but if and when they did, people in the West would be saying, oh, man, India is so <clears throat> misogynistic. Yeah. And in India, they'd be saying, oh, man, the West is so misogynistic. Every country in the world, having no um, uh, point of reference other than the television and the newspapers, would carry on saying, oh, man, all the other countries in the world are so misogynistic, but we're not. So we need to improve. We need to be better than them. And every country in the world will be doing this. And this is what happened from the 60s right up until the 90s, actually long before the 60s. I mean, feminism has been going on for it's hard to tell when it started, but it didn't start in the 60s. It's It started in Europe and America in the 1910s. What we was- uh, recognize as feminism today traces back to about the mid-1800s. Um, there, there were writings that everything that we, we look at today was based on, and... When the suffragettes, um, you know, created their writings, their work, and the ones in the UK started engaging in in terroristic acts, and the the ones in the US wrote a a mockery 
of the Declaration of Independence, called the Declaration of Sentiments, um, they were based on those earlier writings, which were very hateful toward men. Like, feminism, its entire basis, its, its foundation, the writings on which everything, every feminist practices today, whether you're a gender feminist, or a choice feminist, or a communist feminist, or a, a you know, thumb-up-your-ass feminist, um, otherwise known as a Twitter feminist, <laughs> like, your, your shit, everything that you do, traces back to, to feminist writers from, from the 19th century who wrote about how terrible men were and how oppressed women were by just the fact of men being in positions of responsibility in society and, and women not being in positions of responsibility in society. Um, that, that's it. And that's patriarchy theory in a nutshell. And these women, these feminists, um, presumed that this uh, status in society was, was created by men against women's will and inflicted on women uh, from the outside, completely out of women's control. And it was the only thing keeping women down uh, in, and women's position they, they considered to be down. And that, that was that, right? That's where the crazy conspiracy theory, known as patriarchy theory, was born. So feminism is a couple hundred years old, unfortunately. Um, but uh, the attitudes behind it go back to um, that old, you know, gynocentric aristocracy in, in the 12th century Europe. Uh, so, like, it, it, it's all rooted in entitlement and anger. Um, but, I guess that's why feminists tend to do this thing where, you know, guy, guy complains, you know, he's, I, I'm, I have never been in a relationship, I'm 30 years old, I've never been in a relationship, nobody loves me, nobody wants to be around me, I'm despondent and melancholy and lonely and sad and I think I'm just gonna end it all like and you know he's been told right you should talk about your problems you should talk about your your feelings well instead of looking into you know gosh it's really hard to be lonely like that gosh it's really hard to be rejected and treated as a social outcast you know, what can be done for this person to help him connect with the rest of society and connect with with a support network of friends and family and, and maybe find a partner in his life. Um, it's like much that, like... <clears throat> instead of doing that, you get, how dare you, how dare you presume women to be the prize that you deserve because you were a good boy. You have no right to feel that way. You're not allowed. Shame on you. So why, why on earth would a guy tell you his feelings? 
Why would he talk about his problems? Right? Why is he going to hand you his vulnerability when you are going to turn around and just scour it with a Brillo pad? Why, when you're going to punish him for it instead of helping him? It's much like how um, criminals work, how thieves work, how burglars work. They're not going to rob the expensive households because they're going to assume by default that they're going to have some kind of security system involved. Burglars who know what they're doing will burgle the places that don't have these defenses. They'll, they'll burgle the most vulnerable places. I mean, I think I've got that across with that simple description. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's why, contrary to, uh, you know, intuition of, of a normie, you're more likely to get robbed if you're poor than if you're rich, because if you're rich, you can afford a security system. Even if you're middle class, you can afford a dog, right? But if yeah. you're really poor, you know, you might not even be able to get a bank account. You might have all of your cash in the house. Right. You know, and, you know, therefore, you're more likely to get burglarized. It's easier to break into your place. You might be miserable and have drugs in your house to, to deal with it. You know, you might be on Medicaid and have all kinds of medications because it, once they find out you're on Medicaid, doctors just start throwing all kinds of things at you. Psychiatric drugs, anti-inflammatories, whatever they really? can prescribe. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, well, we can treat this. We have all, about 50 million magic pills you should be taking every day. Oh, God. Because we're not going to suggest therapy because you're not going to be able to pay for that. But you can take all the drugs you want, you know. That's and, and of course, you know, they can be stolen and resold. So of course if you're poor, you're more likely to get robbed. And if you don't have society's compassion, if society doesn't give a rat's ass about you, you're more likely to be abused. Women feel like they're vulnerable. Women feel like they're weak. Women feel like they're in danger and they're exposed and and they're targeted and all these other things because that's what feminists tell them but the overwhelming majority of victims of violent crime are men the overwhelming majority of completed suicides are men the overwhelming majority of homeless who don't get to stay in a shelter the ones that live under a bridge or in a tent on the street. Men. And when yep. they want to talk but about those problems, when they want to talk about what they're experiencing, what do we hear? Well, the overwhelming majority of perpetrators are men. Like, so well, that makes it that makes it the victim's fault because he shares a gender with them? Exactly. And then what you also hear is, well, <laughs> Uh, oh well, the, the number of homeless women is rising. Oh my God, it's a, it's a crisis, guys. Yeah, or the allegation that the reason guys can't get into shelters is because they're all drunks, which <laughs> it's actually exactly the opposite. The reason right. so many homeless men are drunk 
is because they can't get into a shelter and they don't want to feel the exposure to the elements that they are experiencing. Yep. Right? And and it is just nonstop, you know. I'm 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 sad because my wife won't let me see my kids. Well, how dare you harass her over your children? You're supposed to be out of her life. She divorced you. Those are her kids, not yours. Right? right. That is that is what guys hear. Why the fuck would they want to talk to feminists about their problems? Why would they want to talk to feminist trained therapists? Right. Because they get all because they get all their information from CNN, yeah, and and the like, or whatever your localized equivalent of CNN is, and they're like, well, everything is my fault. I should keep capitulating to the very same thing that made me homeless. <laughs> well, well, you know they do if they live or... in an airport. Yeah, or or what they do if if they have you know internet access is they go find the people online who are talking about these things, and then the media goes behind their you know behind them and says, "Oh well, look at all these misogynists. They're gathering in this one place. Oh my God, look at all these these far right incel miscreants. Right? It's just the dregs of society. They're going <laughs> underground. They're getting more." They're, they're just they're become it's a terrorist cell oh yes it's, it's ridiculous it's ridiculous the but terrorism no, no. of words yeah <laughs> you have to you have to be careful you know if you blow up the internet you you might die but it's okay because in the afterlife you get 72 genders <laughs> like, like eight years ago the the phenomenon of megtow was uh, was on the radar of these militant feminists. But you'll notice it dropped off since then. And now all they're talking about is incels. If they want to insult you, they don't call you a MGTOW. They call you an incel. Mm -hmm. What does that say to you, folks? Yeah. I'm, I'm tempted to just leave that question open and, and, and let the commenters say exactly why is that the case that, uh, that these feminists just let the phenomenon of MGTOW drop off their radar so that they could call everyone who disagrees with them an incel. Yeah, I, 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 a... I, I, I could explain it for you right here or now, but I'm going to leave it open as like a chess puzzle for you to figure, dark take figure, on this. figure out for you to go on, Anna. I have very dark take on this. All right. So in, uh, in, in terrorist organizations actual terrorist organizations like ISIS and Al-Qaeda and those right they exploit their society's incels they don't necessarily call themselves that but men who just have no chance of marrying and raising a family which is incels and those are the guys that they convince they take them take them into some beautiful garden somewhere you know in, a, in an oasis and give them hashish and tell them this great story about, you know, what it's going to be like in the afterlife. And they'll, they'll get their 72 virgins and blah, blah, blah. Convince them to strap a bomb on their chest and go into somebody's wedding and blow themselves up and kill as many people as possible. I mean, that is That is how they recruit. And they're looking for people who are already depressed 
who've already lost hope, who feel like they have nothing left to live for. And the difference in between that society and our society, the thing that pisses feminists off about incels in Western society is they're not obedient little automatons that will take those kind of orders, those, mm -mm. those kind of marching orders. They're a little bit more savvy. They haven't been indoctrinated with, with a, a religious outlook that makes them believe that they can be chosen and obligated to die for a cause. That is why uh, feminists are angry with them. Because if they could be treated that way by our um, feminist, gynocentrist-run establishment, there would be an incel military force run by the government. They would exploit the fuck out of you until, until you died. And then they would, they would use you to death, and then they would use your dead body against the enemy. Like, that is what that establishment does. And that is why incels are under attack. And should remain independent. Because yeah. you do have something left to lose. You have your individuality. You have your independence. You have your autonomy. You have your humanity. Those things should not be taken away from you. Right. Nobody has the right to take those things away from you. And it's worth pointing out that um, as far as the powers that be are concerned, uh, they don't see any difference between an incel and a um, cell. As in... Right. As in an involuntarily celibate and a voluntarily celibate. Like a man who lives his life without any uh, capitulation to the holy touch of a woman. A lot of, a lot of you in our audience will have encountered this whenever you attempt to present an argument against a feminist and you're presented with a counter-argument well, you're only saying that because you haven't had the goodly, holy, celestial touch of a woman, therefore you're wrong. Uh, most of us have encountered this, even even ten years ago, before we got as far as we are right now. And that's, that's what all this comes down to. Well, despite all of these tertiary symptoms... That have been dragged on top of this, the the fucking racism and the transsexualism, and and the whateverism. All of this grew from the idea that men cannot exist without women, which 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 has been in in the localized zeitgeist since a hundred years ago. Men cannot exist without women. The identity of a man cannot exist without the identity of a woman. And that's why, by the way, this trans shit exists right now. Because of, because of this... Yeah. Because of this destruction of male identity. 
because men can't exist without women. And 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 it's all apparent in this incel bullshit. This is this is why they will call you an incel the moment you present any opposition to yeah. this to this feminist totalitarianism i'm not i'm not going to mince my words at all it's feminist totalitarianism and all the shit we're seeing in 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 this century is because of this feminist totalitarianism because men and masculinity represent freedom and women and feminism and feminine femininity and yes feminism represent protection and we've got this far because of this because of prioritizing protection over freedom and which is represented because masculinity in terms of the human condition masculinity is freedom and femininity is protection I'm sorry if that's reductive, but that does seem to be the way our particular species works. It's kind of the way our particular kingdom works. Yep. And we're, we're so deep into this bullshit that it's 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 hard to turn back from where we are. Like I've often said, we've had democracy for so long that it's hard to even imagine life without it. We've, we've had... Sc- school systems for so long that it's hard to to imagine life without it. We've had gynocentrism for at least a thousand years, which is why it's so interminably difficult to imagine life without it, which is why we at Honey Badger Radio are facing such an uphill battle. But we're trying for, for the love of every god that's ever existed, we're trying. And I don't know what's going to happen, but at least we tried. Uh, well, you know, starting to figure out, people starting <clears throat> to figure out that uh, the men are facing discrimination, that men are suffering, and that you know they they we've hit a point where they can can say they they feel that feminism has gone too far. Like that's a first step. Eventually, you know, you're, you're going to see more and more people looking into feminism and going. It was too far from the beginning because it was off on a tangent instead of forward. Like the tangent was this this lie about female oppression and male oppressor status. And going forward would have been, you know, equality of accountability and seeking uh, equality of freedoms and rights to go with that accountability without trying to trap men in a in a gender role that that uh, maintains obligation to women uh, for women's benefit without any benefit to men you know and without any reciprocal responsibilities for women but what did feminism do they tried to free men or free women from all of their uh, obligations, all of their restrictions, all of their everything, you know, that they they felt was uh, just too hard to deal with. But they wanted to preserve all of the obligations that men had under coverture. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. Right? And <clears throat> and those obligations were the reason that women had those restrictions. If somebody is financially responsible for you and they have to pay your taxes and they have to to support your children and they have to make sure that you are uh, fed and clothed and have a roof over your head and all that stuff. Um, and and part of your living expenses come out of your own property. Like if they're responsible for managing your wealth, then they have to have the right to override you. Uh, you know, when when you say, "Well, I want to use it this way," they have the right to tell you no. If you want, so, uh, if you don't want that, be responsible for yourself. Women don't like that. So, uh, as much as I am willing to work with Christians, because I recognise that we have um, a, a common enemy in in this modern Marxist Gnostic religion, and as much as as we have a common en enemy in Islam. Because as as much as I'm about to say about Christianity is not as bad as Islam in any way, the the problem with Islam is that it's so gynocentric that we in the Christian Empire, and I'm going to call it the Christian Empire, can't even recognize that it's even more gynocentric than we are. But I have to point out to my Christian brothers in Christ that this all came about. Well, not all of it. I mean, but. The, the the Christian mindset is, has has not has not been opposed to this gynocentric ideology. It's kind of been instrumental to it, because even though it has a male god, actually, kind of because it has a male god, a male god that raped a a, a human female, and that int introduced this whole idea that the Enlightenment of this religion was brought about by a male god raping a female human and and therefore every man should um identify with god and every woman should identify with a human it um it, it judges women by the standards of a human and it judges men by the standards of a god do you see do you see how that's how that might have been like I'm saying, instrumental to to how we got here in the first place. And yes, I'm aw I'm aware that so much of of European and subsequently American society was built upon this paradigm of man should be treated um to the standards of a god, and woman should be treated to the standards of a woman. <laughs> Right, we've got quite far. We've we've got a, we've gone a long way on this paradigm, and well done for reforming the religion. That's what religions should do. They should reform themselves in order to to keep, dare I say, progressing to the to the point where we can improve the um, you know, we we can improve um. The nature of, of of human existence, where we, we can improve how we all live. I'm not going to say we should go back to how we lived two thousand years ago. Whatever ideology we've existed under in the last two thousand years has clearly improved our lives. Has clearly improved 
um, well-being of 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 our particular situation. But as, at some point, we have to say, okay, we've done well. But when do we when do we pull this shit back? Yeah, and and say we've done well enough. How much is too much? So before we go on, I'm gonna address one thing. As uh, I think the the only Christian on the show, atheists never get Christianity right. Like they'll make proclamations about the stories of Christianity and the tenets of Christianity and the beliefs of Christianity uh, based on a. Let me put it this way: the most. Um, oversensitive interpretation of biblical verse possible. But nowhere in the Bible does it say, does it does it classify the conception of Jesus as a rape. Nor is it described in a way that, if you're not a feminist, is fitting of, of uh, descri- describing it as a rape. Like, now, if you're a feminist, you might call it that because of the power dynamic, right? Um, You might say, well, you know, Mary can't consent because God is a god. But I call bullshit. God gave humans free will. In all things. So, uh, yeah, yes, uh, Senior Sticks, I am a Christian. Probably not normal by your perception of uh, Christian standards. I don't, I don't go sit in church and stuff like that. Uh, But I do practice the religion. Um, So looking at the chat, I'm like seeing questions and everything. Uh, But uh, I don't know if they're directed at me. I'm not singling out and, Christianity yeah. no, in no, this way. It's, it's not about be- Christianity the, being singled out. It's about that gr- particular a, myth that, that gets batted around specifically by atheists. A, and, a great deal of religions are based on a prophet who was not uh, born of a woman in the normal way. Right, I mean, but the thing is, it's it's not intellectually honest Unless, like I said, you believe in the standards of feminism, and and if you're a practicing feminist, and and you think um, of rape as something that can happen without being against the will of of the alleged victim, then um, then you you know then you'd be justified in in uh, making up that idea and applying it. It really wouldn't apply for people who were believers because we weren't we weren't going to think of uh God that way and we're not going to think of Mary Mary that way um and different denominations are going to have different attitudes about it as well like i think catholics would probably get even more pissed off than uh most people or at least more offended by the idea than most people because you know it it was the other way around with um with Catholics, the act actually made Mary holy, made her a saint. Um, whereas I, I think with most Protestants, she's she was blessed, but not special beyond that. 
Like, you, you, we don't pray to her, we don't um, hold her up above uh, humans. And uh, so it's a different story there. And, and it's... It's hard to... Um, I think it's hard to explain a lot of things like this to uh, non-Christians, and in particular to atheists, because, you know, atheists are sort of predisposed to interpret the Bible in the most uncharitable way possible, and in the most rigid way possible as well. Um, and it, it kind of makes for a lack of discussion there. But God isn't necessarily male either. Um, God's referred to as he in the Bible, uh, and, and using male terms. But there's also a verse that says, In heaven they are neither male nor female. So, male is used because it's something that humans understand, not necessarily because it's something that's true about God. But in that human understanding, we certainly don't want to uh, take God and make God with the being the ultimate representation of personal agency the ultimate false allegation recipient. Right? That that just would be I just can't sit back and let that happen. So I mean your uh, yeah. your point about the gynocentrism like Christianity is gynocentric. It's gynocentric originally in the same way that gene-centric and child-centric societies are, are gynocentric. But over the centuries, churches have evolved it to a point where it's gynocentric in a different way, and it's partly because all of the social stuff in the churches is run by women. All of the maintenance of, of the, the social fabric of the church is done by women. Like, you have, you know, deacons and pastors and, and uh, you know, like the board that, that um, runs the church and everything and that does the finances and does the rule setting and stuff like that. But if there's going to be an activity that the parishioners are going to show up and engage in and and have a potluck dinner and sit down and eat together and all the women do that. It's always the women. And and it's always, you know, the church mothers, the church aunts, the church grandmothers. So everything in the church is is female centric because of that. And I think that's been that way since probably the very beginning. Uh when when it was the women that first told the story. To some degree, that's my point. No, dare I say, no religion is without sin. Let he who or she who is right. without sin cast the first stone. <laughs> but it, what that does is it makes religion just like society is without religion. So if you look at your local school system, for instance, and if there's going to be a fundraiser for the school where there's a bake sale or, you know, a, a raffle or a battle of the bands or anything like that. You know who organizes it? The PTA, Parent Teacher Association. 
You know who most of the people are in the parent-teacher association? Moms and female teachers. So it's, it's the women. The women organize the social stuff. And if you want some place to lay the blame for warping gynocentrism from gene-centrism and child-centrism in which women had an important role because of the capability of reproduction and nurturing and so on into just venerating women because vagina and X chromosomes and giving women privileges over men and discriminating against men on behalf of women for no reason other than gender. The blame for that lays squarely on the social organizers, the arbiters of the rules of society, the arbiters of the rules of politeness, the arbiters of the rules of how to, how to keep your family happy. She who wrote Happy Wife, Happy Life. Right? That's, that's where the blame is. Mm. It's not on the creators of deity-based faith. It's on the creators of gender-based faith. Like, religion um, has its benefits and its drawbacks, but everything about it comes from human behavior. Just regular, everyday human behavior. It's just human behavior that's in a special box for special reasons. But it's the same human behavior you see in a school system, or in a city council meeting, or at a bicentennial event for your, your community, or at the county fair and, and the 4-H uh, club activities, in the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts, um, every place, in your government. Right? And unfortunately, there isn't something else we can get rid of or reform in order to get rid of gynocentrism. It, in and of itself, has to be attacked. And it and this seems is why, to be working. This is why we at Honey Badger Radio exist, to remind every ideology, everything from the most ancient of religions to the most modern of ideologies, to bear in mind that you, you, you can't just uh, keep adhering to the gynocentrism of human nature. Because if you do, then we're just going to keep tumbling down the same bottomless pit. Yeah. And honestly, when, when an organization starts out and it's neutral, and then it gets infected with gynocentrism, it becomes corrupt. And every corruption that has taken place... You know, um, what's that movie? Advocate, or The Advocate, maybe... Uh, where where the devil keeps saying vanity is my favorite sin. Well, devil's advocate, yeah, yeah, devil's <laughs> advocate. There we go. Vanity is about one thing, right? It's about viewing yourself in a way where you think other people will view you well. And most vanity in in men is about viewing themselves in a way 
that they'll be the hero. They'll be admired by women. Women. Right? Mm-hmm. The, you know, and even, even gay men do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, even gay men seek praise from women. Very rarely Ki- do I meet Kind of especially, weirdly enough. Well, you know, there are, there are gay men that are, uh, women will call them misogynist, but they're really just indifferent um, to, to a lot of women. Indifference, just indifference is misogyny because you're not venerating them. You're not worshiping yep. them, right? But yeah, there, there are, there are a lot of gay men even that seek female praise, seek female companionship and everything. And you know, their vanity might be divided. Like, if they're vain, their vanity might be divided between that and seeking a partner, which they're not going to seek from any anyone feminine, right? But, but straight men, their vanity is all about women. You know, completely. Like, even even being admired by other men can be just something to show off for women if they're not careful um and that pretty much is the inroad for corruption in all things right your your vanity or arrogance all other things trace back to it greed traces back to it even in some ways lust traces back to it but it's still a gynocentric behavior you know, not that men have to be that way, not that women have to be that way, but I think it is that way. And uh, it, you know, so you if you if you look at the ways in which uh, various churches have been corrupt, you know, in the last hundred years, where you've seen these mega churches that co- collect tons of money for. I'm I'm speaking locally here. Tons of money for for the benefit of the poor in their community, and then build a giant Jesus statue that gets struck by lightning and burned to the ground, and then they build oh. another one because that's <gasps> not message enough for them. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yes, actually, um, <laughs> twice. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, they replaced <laughs> Touchdown Jesus with Buddy Jesus, so it's all right. Um, he has risen. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like it's just so. Yeah, but and and a lot of that, like that vanity, that comes back to wanting to be looked at and admired by women, and goes right around to who are the organizers of the church, ladies, mm-hmm. and and who has to show off the most. <laughs> with with you know jewelry and and hats and knickknacks and and uh you know pretty shoes and all that and a giant oh, Jesus God. statue women and nobody does it better than black women <laughs> oh the lord you want to see i don't look they, they that I, is true they definitely got more style man they get all dressed up and it's it's it's, it's like it's it's amazing to see <laughs> really honestly yeah. it's white girls get dressed to the nines black girls get dressed to the 81s 
Yeah. I, I think white women and black women could give each other a run for their money. As as could East Asian women and South Asian women and Middle Eastern women. I mean, I, I don't want to draw a differentiation. There seems to be um, something uh, familiar to every culture about women being the ones who are very interested in iconography. And yeah. so I guess I guess it's ironic that men are the ones who actually sculpt the iconography. Yeah. <laughs> but and we look back at the at all this shit going, well men are the ones who sculpt the iconography, so men must have been the ones who led the iconography. But no, they they were doing it um because women wanted them to. And this is what's so difficult for any given culture to understand. That, yes, it's men who do everything, but it's not just because other men told them to. (laughs) It's because other men and other women told them to. And if only only we could get this across, we could build... We could build a, a, a civilization, dare I say, an ideology... Dare I even say a religion that 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 can acknowledge the importance of men and women? And I'm struggling to think of a successful religion in the last four thousand years that has. Well, I I guess the the successful ones must have um, laid some kind of importance of the existence of men. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been so successful over the millennia. Um, it's only it's only in the last hundred years of so, or so, because we've been so successful because of the developments of technology and, and the developments of economics, that we've been so able to be so... Like, we can do whatever we want because we're already so rich and th- and this is how this, this is how it works we do whatever works biologically for thousands of years until we're so successful to the point where we can go beyond biology and we can do whatever works technologically yes and we just assume we can keep doing that forever and we have no sense of what happened in the past because there's there's not there aren't many relics of the past that can warn us about what happens to a fundamentally gynocentric society i mean i guess there's the adam and eve story i guess that's the entire point of the adam and eve story (laughs) that this was this was ancient technology this was ancient like civilizations telling us do beware of what the fuck can happen if if <laughs> if, if you let women like you tempt, let your fucking women get out of control yeah. and tempt and, and tempt men with with all the you know the uh, the temptations of what can happen. Yeah. If you really go back to the old religion, it's the Adam and Eve, Adam and Lilith, and Adam and Eve story. Because remember, Lilith was uh, disobedient. She was not a partner to Adam. She ran off and became the mother of demons. 
man, this is like the greatest book I've never read. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you, no, you I, have Lilith, and then and then along comes Eve, and Eve seems like she's going to be better, and then like you know she, there was one rule, one one rule in the whole Garden of Eden. Like, they had it made. All they had to do was just leave that one tree alone. Just that one thing. Everything else was theirs. Could do anything they wanted to. And boom. She had to touch it. Why you can't give women options? It's like, Dee and Dexter's <laughs> Laboratory. Ooh, what does this button do? Like, right. This button brings out the little brother who's gonna strangle you! Uh, but, yeah. Um... So that's that's basically like the history of women in a nutshell, or an apple seed. Uh, but in any case, you know, the point is, like, our, the target is gynocentrism. It has always been gynocentrism, and it will always be gynocentrism. And when you look at everything else, male disposability, the accountability gap, you cannot cure these things without reforming that attitude. Everybody's talking about Buddy Jesus in the chat. Um, yeah, I know, it was a horrible DD impression, but I'm not a little blonde girl. Um, <laughs> I'm a 50-year-old salt-and-pepper graying old grandma. So what do you expect? Um, but yeah, if if you want to know what I'm talking about after the show, if you're not uh, participating in the after show, or if you are after the after show, Get on, get on YouTube and look up Big Butter Jesus by Haywood Banks. And uh, it's, it's, this church is in between Cincinnati and Dayton. So it's, it's local to me. Like I've oh, driven man. past it numerous times and I drove past the creepy frame of the burnt out uh, original Jesus statue after lightning struck it. And there were just people stopped along the highway taking pictures. So there you go. Um, but uh, in any case, you know, back to the, the gynocentrism thing, I think what we're seeing is people are starting to become aware of it, but they don't want to name it. So what they're talking about is, you know, like, hey, there are a lot of ways that men have it rough. Hey, you know, we've stretched this so far, this feminism thing so far, that now we are discriminating against men you know well it's gone too far they may not understand that that was the goal with feminism all along that feminism wasn't about equality it was just about elevating women above men it was just about gaining women rights and freedoms without the same responsibilities or accountability as men so th there you go um, and we're seeing that in this uh, this recognition um, this recognition uh, and and sympathy that is starting to 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 come out. So going on with the article, um, so how would you know? Well, I, I'm going to read this quote. I know this is probably somewhere later in the the article. This OECD research identifies gender inequality, but only when it goes against women. So that's because they literally don't measure the inequalities that go against men. That's uh, normal in feminist research. That's how they avoid 
um, admitting that uh, you know, women are not really oppressed in comparison to men. Um, so how would you know if you were discriminating against men? Actually, this is a lot harder to answer uh, that you might than you might think. Cognitive biases like gamma bias tend to be uh, to not not to be recognized by the people who have them. But it is not just a question of unconscious bias. There is also the institutional bias, especially in those organizations which claim to be promoting gender equality. For example, and that's that's our quote. This OC. OC or OECD research identifies gender inequality, but only when it goes against women. Uh, doesn't measure the inequalities that go against men. If they measured inequality against men, they would find that men too suffer gender inequalities, especially in countries characterized by medium and high levels of human development. And I, they would I notice just, uh, fathers and families for sure. Yeah, I, I just imagine the the level of of just unawareness that you have to have to, to believe that men go through absolutely nothing and that it's only women who are ever affected by anything that ever happens in this world. Uh, men, men, they're just, they're fine. They're perfectly fine. They created this whole thing after all. Yeah. It's, they're, they're, they're pushing it. It's, it's, it's roses and daisies. It's the land of fucking milk for men, right? No, that's, that's not, in any way, shape, or form, reality, but that's what women—that's what women feminists—that's what they want women to believe that men have, so that they can try to shoot for the stars and attain all these goals. And really, it does nothing but try to keep those people in business, right? Because they have to keep pushing this narrative and keeping men down. In order to make these women believe that they, they, you know, I owe something to these women who are standing up for me because obviously I'm oppressed. So let me donate to their charities. You know, it. Uh, yeah, it's let sickening. me defend them on Twitter without right. any knowledge of their history or their actual dogma. Right. Because it's the sisterhood after yeah. all. There's no such fucking thing. <laughs> but well, hey. And, and, you know the the thing is like this is a feminist has a uh, feminism has a history of this you know feminist research on domestic violence doesn't uh gather info on female perpetration or male experiences or if they do take surveys or look at crime data they change their definitions and and their other standards in their research paper their reporting uh, to exclude those, or they just don't report on them. Like they they gather the data, but they just don't include it in the report. So you have they have like three different ways, and and this is um like Murray Strauss wrote about this. He wrote uh, he, he he did quite a bit of research into this, uh, studied feminist research, and wrote about this and. Uh, actually, Tom Golden on his website has an article about um, biases in feminist research, uh, how how uh, Murray Strauss's work exposed biases in feminist research. So there's there's different sources you can look at to to understand this. They did the same thing with sexual violence. Um, Mary P. Koss created a survey method that is used as the primary 
method for feminist researchers to to survey people on their experiences of sexual violence so they get answers that didn't just come from crime data they want to they want a higher rape statistic than crime data gives them and uh in order to avoid getting data on male experiences they defined rape to exclude female perpetration against male victims specifically um and so again you're you're looking at you know like this is this is not an accident this is deliberate and like her only excuse was that she felt that it was inappropriate to to call a man's experience of being raped, rape. Like that's it. That that was all her, all the explanation you get. Uh, you know they do the same thing with with everything. If they're going to research um, <laughs> poverty, if they're going to research you know uh, crime data, you know if they're going to research anything that that they consider to be a disadvantage, they'll just create definitions or set up standards within their research to completely exclude men's experiences. Or again, you know, if they get men's experiences uh, as part of the research, they just don't report on those. They just ignore them. Uh, yeah, and that's, I, I, that's how they prevent um, discussion of, of men's experiences. So then you yeah. don't know that men have been discriminated against. You don't know what's going on with them. Right. And, you know, it, it extends far beyond just men's experiences. You know, this this delves deep into the whole racial divide that they're trying to push on on everyone. Yeah. You know, and, oh, my God, try to convince someone who is just completely or just has it in their mind that, <clears throat> you know, Trump is a racist. It just try to talk to them rationally about anything that includes his name. It's just like you can't get through to these people. They have been con completely convinced that whatever whatever he did, he's a racist, right? And that just invalidates anything that he's ever done in his life. And, you know, it's just that um, the reduction of a person's value and contribution to society just to try to justify some some perceived slight in your life it's just it's it's only contributing to the denigration of society because we cannot move forward if we cannot have these conversations if people are are just like i said before terminally offended they're just offended by everything they don't want to have the come. They can't think critically. And that's what's happening. That That is what has happened to our society. We no longer, well, certain people no longer possess the ability to think critically because as soon as you switch that racist flip, mm -hmm. that, that, as soon as you, that's it. Every, you know, every critical thinking cell in your body just leaves. It's just, it's shut off. Oh my God, he's, I, I don't like it. Well, Wow, what has he ever done for you? Is <laughs> mm -hmm. now, this is why? Sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. This is why we were so much better off when we got most of our moral teachings from the church. Mm -hmm. And I know that's going to piss off a lot of our atheist friends, but when people uh, got most of their moral teachings from 
the the large stone building they went to once every Sunday. You you can't centralize that th- those kind of teachings as as much as the Pope might try to. I mean, the Pope only controls Catholic churches, and this is, I guess, one of the one of the good things about um, balkanizing various um, denominations of religion. But when people lose touch with uh, the religion they get from churches and they get all their information from the television, yeah. guess what happens? Because we are, we are now living in an age where the vast majority of boomers, and not just boomers, but a great deal of dare I say normies I don't want to I don't use that term but you know what I mean the vast majority of people get all their information from the television and not just moral information but what they think is factual information from the television and we're at this point um, where the boomers and by that I mean the um the parents of most of the people listening to this this stream and most of the people who who breathed life into most of the people listening to this stream they've been they've been listening to what the tv tells them and what the new newspapers tell them and what the radio tells them like pretty much every day for the last 40 years like compare that with someone who goes to the church once a Sunday for 40 years. Like, that's nothing. People who go to church once a Sunday for 40 years will will kind of sit there going, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 uh, blah. I guess that makes sense. But people who've been sat there in their own in their own front rooms, in their own living rooms, in their own lounges, watching these people talk to them, assuming, just assuming by default, that they must be telling told the truth. And they're just like, oh, yeah, that must be true. Yeah, we need to wear a mask. We need to get six fucking experimental injections and so on. And they just go along with it. They just, yeah, this must be true. This is so much worse than any of the religions that we've encountered in the last thousand years. In the last 10,000 years. Like, I, 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 I don't want to shit on the medium of television because, like so many people, I, I lived off it for the first 20 years of my life but this is this is well, this, television this is, has this, its place right it does it does and i'm not going to call it brainwashing because anything that you can simply switch off is not brainwashing but in the the people on the television are telling you the the internet is brainwashing you which is absolute bollocks because the internet is a is 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 a medium of communication. Like I've said, it's like the telephone. Like 
You can hear false information from the telephone, and you can hear true information from the telephone. But the people on the television are constantly telling you everything you hear on the internet is wrong. It must be. And I'm like, that's like that's like telling us that everything on the telephone is wrong. Like it surely depends on who you're hearing it from. And we're in a similar point in history as I I can only assume it happened when the printing press was invented where the scribes were telling you that no no you can't you, you can't trust anything you hear from the printing press because anyone can write anything on a printing press anyone you should keep listening to us and what we keep scribing on these books because we would never lie to you yeah Oh, and it's, that's always going to be that way. There's always going to be people that try to gatekeep information and people who try to set themselves up as superior judges of information that, that everybody else should listen to. And they're always going to be full of shit. But, yeah, and what we're, what we're seeing is um, that last sentence kind of stuck with me. If they measured inequality against men, they would find that men too suffer gender inequalities, especially in countries characterized by medium and high levels of human development. Like, we're talking, you know, like, Western society, kind of a uh, tough thing to call it Western society, because now it's it's in a much larger part of the world, much wider area of the world, but having having uh, nuclear medicine, having um, the ability to uh, put put a, a transportation device in outer space, having the ability to park something in orbit and have it stay in orbit and not fall back to the planet. Um, you know, having the ability to look at things on the other side of of you know the sun, having having the ability to um, send things, out into space to uh, to send information back to the Earth about things in space. Like we're pretty advanced. We've got pretty high levels of human development. And in nations where those things are happening, like the United States, seventy-five percent of homeless are men, and ninety-five percent of unsheltered homeless are men. It's men that did the heavy work, the 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 uh, building, the um, construction, I, like engineering is what I'm thinking of, uh, for that 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 got us to those places, that got us to those capabilities, right? Like women were involved. Women did mathematics. Women did programming, uh, but it's men who went into outer space until. Going into outer space became routine, and I'm not going to call it safe because you're still going into outer space, right? But in comparison to the level of unknown and the level of danger that existed in the 60s, uh, going into outer space is pretty routine now for, for astronauts. It's it's routine, as routine as it can be in the way that like modern medicine has made neurosurgery, some aspects of neurosurgery, routine and heart surgery routine. Um, now women are doing it. Right? 
Um, I'm, I'm glad Elon Musk is on the fringes of getting people to Mars. Because if NASA was in charge of it, given that NASA is a government agency... Yeah, the first mission to Mars would have to be all women. Yeah, and, oh, and, they, and they would all die, and then we'd be like, oh, we should never send people to Mars again. Because yeah. look what happened when not we that, sent a uh, crew of women there, and they all died. <laughs> Yeah, not not that Musk has not sent women into space, and he's he's done the all woman thing, if I remember right. Um, but uh, you know, again, like it, it's it's not that it's not impressive. Like I couldn't be an astronaut, um, but it's not it's not as impressive as what what you know the the first men in space did, um, and then. It's not not to detract from their discipline and their courage and everything, but it would be unfair to the men who pioneered space travel to treat it as though you know what what these women are doing is just as scary because it's, right. it's not, and that's fine. And it's not. I'm not saying that we should do things necessarily differently. Right, that women have to be on the forefront of all these dangerous things that it's required or anything. But when we act like, like I'm, I'm sick of hearing of, about the first woman to do something that men have been doing for decades or mm-hmm. you know, longer. Right, I, I'm sick of hearing. Oh, we, we got it. This is a new step forward. It's progress. We have an all-female mission. That right. doesn't tell you anything about the organization other than that it has become significantly safer to do than it was exactly. back in the day when discrimination supposedly kept women out. Discrimination didn't keep women out. The, the men that qualified for that qualified because they were test pilots. Women weren't doing that. So they, they didn't have women to choose from. Right. So I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that women shouldn't do these things. And I'm not saying that it's, you know, good or bad. It's just, you know, stop pretending it's something it's not. Well, see, see, I I think for me, the thing is like, all right, so we're, we're talking about astronauts, right? Okay, so you basically you get to fly the ship that all of these other great men and women behind you, they actually had to build the freaking thing, okay? So why are we taking away from what they did just because you have a bunch of uteruses that then occupy that spaceship that was built with every safety precaution in mind, double, triple, quadruple checked, right? No expense spared none right to protect their safety but the all of the glory goes to the people that actually and i understand why right you're risking your life going up into space because anything can happen that that machinery can fail you know um but it's it's it, oh God, it's just so ridiculous. Just reduce it down. Oh my God, there's women in space. Oh, woo. What well, we had monkeys there too. Okay, do, do, do we fucking celebrate that? I mean, I guess me, no. It was a news story, but 
you know, it kind of went away. Like, he yeah, we kind of realized. Gave in the tick. I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to pose this question to the chat. And I'm only going to give you a few seconds because someone in the chat is going to get it bef before. But what was the first organism to make it to space via the space travel that was able to do it for them? It, it, it wasn't I like a dog. It, it wasn't a chimp. It wasn't It wasn't a human being. Oh, no, I know this and I'm, I fail anyway. <laughs> it, it was before the chat comes in with it. It was a fruit fly. <laughs> they, they, well, there's they, a they reason were... for that. Yeah, it's because fruit flies, despite being insects, have a lot of similar uh, or, or organistic, if that's even the right word, similarities with humans. First they sent up fruit flies, and then they sent up a dog, and then they sent up a, uh, a chimpanzee, and mm. then they sent up yeah. a human. Uh, and then they, and then they sent up a man, and then they sent up a human. <laughs> Uh, uh, by that, but I mean a woman. A woman. Yeah. You see the hierarchy. You see, you see the hierarchy thing. It's right. fruit, it's fruit fly, dog, chimpanzee, man, Men. woman. Yeah. Well, and and the first first man that was sent up was sent up by Russia, and he died a horrible death. Like yeah. his, uh, huh? I didn't even hear about that. Was that not Yuri Gagarin? His, the first man that went up? Yeah, let me, I want to make sure I got the right name. Uh, all right. I feel maybe, like we're about... Make sure I can um, pronounce this correctly. Um, the, this is... Uh, Vladimir Vladimir Mikhailovich Komarov, um, Soviet cosmonaut, uh, the first man known to have died during a space mission. Maybe he wasn't the first one that went up, but I was thinking he was the first one um, that went up. But his ship burned up on re-entry. It would make perfect sense that that a human would die in orbit before a, a human didn't die in orbit and this yeah. is why and this is one of the reasons so many people are convinced that humans didn't make it to the moon and survive before humans made it to the moon and then died because yeah. <laughs> like, this is part of the reason where you know um men suffering inequalities in countries characterized by medium and high levels of human development like part of that is it's men who take those risks. It's men who uh, do the the heavy lifting. It's men who do the the work, the labor, the walking. You know everything um, that leads to that. Like if you look at the there's video that's been colorized. I think on YouTube actually of uh, skyscrapers being built. I've gone through as much of it as I, I could find looking for my grandpa because he used to work for uh, Chicago Bridge and Iron. Um, and he, like, I've, I'm sitting next to his one of his old welding masks right now. But, uh, like, he built, he built buildings in New York. He was from New York originally. Uh, he built buildings. He was sent to Mexico. And he built buildings there. He built buildings in Colorado. 
um, did the welds uh, in in many many places um, before he and grandma settled down and uh, but a lot of those men like just walked around up on on high I beams up on upper floors that were not made yet that just had the framework of the building and nothing else without any kind of safety gear they didn't have anything that attached them to the like if they fell they fell and uh, you know like my grandpa was one of those men and you know, like the I, I think I've told the story of how he met my grandma um, but grandma was a nurse grandpa was injured they they dropped a um this is gonna be horrific like just fair fair warning but they dropped a cement like barrel on him like a drainage ditch liner and crushed the the bones in his leg um Ooh. crushed his ankle completely broke the bone several places all the way up to his hip so he was in the hospital for quite some time and uh you know, he was in traction and everything. He was in a lot of pain. And um, his leg and his ankle were never fully the same again. And when he was retired and living with my parents, you know, he always walked with a limp. But he continued to walk right up until he was about 92 years old, where he would walk downtown to, to go see people in the community that he liked to talk to and stuff. Um, but he met my grandmother because she was his nurse. Today, he would be accused of sexual harassment by the other nurses. But uh, after he healed up and everything, he asked her out, and they dated, and they got married, and, and that was that. But uh, And my, my grandmother was beautiful. Um, All right, that does yes. it, <laughs> Hannah. That yeah. does my, it. My my Not... family has a a rich history of misogyny. <laughs> right. My 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 paternal granddad was a fighter pilot in the Second World War, and he met my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, because she worked at Bletchley Park, where they invented the computer. Awesome. Right. So I win. Just this once, Hannah. <laughs> I, 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 I beat you in, in terms of, of, of anecdotes. There you go. I think we, our, our grandparents were romantic. I wish I had it in me to be that romantic. But I'm an asshole, so I don't. <laughs> but it's such a cute story. They're both such cute stories. And, and the flirting that took place and everything, right? But Grandpa never would have met Grandma if he hadn't gotten hurt and Boy, did he fucking get hurt. Like, that was a, a, a hellacious injury. And it could have been worse. It, he's lucky it hit his leg. Because it could have landed on any part of his body. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, I just, wonder, it I was out of control when it fell. I wonder how many future generations like, my grandma met your grandpa fighting in Ukraine. No. Oh no! Wait, <laughs> that was a war fought entirely by fucking drones. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, like my my other grandparents did not have such a good meeting story, and you guys probably will never hear it. <laughs> but 
but like you know, I, I've that's my family is like that. My my uncle um, had a horrific injury, and and it was uh, you know again, high, you know high level of human development. We're talking the ability to uh, create all kinds of neat things out of molded rubber. So my uncle worked in a rubber processing plant, and he got his arm caught in a rubber press. And took it all the way up to his elbow. And crushed it to just a little under half an inch thick. Ooh, completely destroyed his bones. Jesus. And then there was no way to lift it. They had to roll it back out to get his arm out of the rubber press. And, uh... So they they had this neat advancement that they thought they were going to use um, in um, you know, modern medicine during during that time period was like the seventies. They they wanted to say they didn't want to amputate his arm, which it should have been amputated. They wanted to save it by giving him metal bones. So they put aluminum bones in his arm, and. Um, he really was never able to use it. And, it, you know, it kind of pained him. Oh, and, and he had problems where they had to replace those uh, eventually with steel because they bent, which was really painful. Yeah. <laughs> and he ended up with all kinds of health problems. Yeah, you know, I was watching, a, a, just as a, an offside, it's going to be really quick. I, I was watching a show um, about like the different types of um, <clears throat> implants that they use, like for hip replacements and yeah. knee replacements and, and how that can cause like other injuries, like mental disorders as well, because the, because of the chemicals and the way they interact right. with the body. And it's just, it's scary. It's scary. It's to better think. to not have the injury in the first <clears throat> place if you can avoid yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the thing. The people who are getting those injuries are men. And the people yeah. who are getting the experimental body parts are men. You know, like, yeah. there are women that it happens to, but it's mostly men. I, uh, my, uh, my uncle on my dad's side had a metal plate in his head, um, for all my whole life, because it was, it was there before I was born. And I believe that was from an injury. He was in Vietnam. Um, he was in Vietnam before. America was officially in Vietnam. Like, every, he couldn't even talk about the stuff he did for years and years after he came back. Uh, he was over there setting up communications and stuff. Uh, again, you know, the U.S. orchestrates wars before getting involved in them. But, uh, you know, like, I'm, my my uncle that got his arm caught in a rubber press was... Uh, Korean War veteran. My my other uncle on that side of the family was also a Korean War veteran. Uh, you know, like men, men in technologically advanced countries, men in medicinally advanced countries, men in countries with an advanced military get discriminated against. Men are expected to, to serve. Men are expected to build. Men are expected to put up with the fact that that they are the experiencers of 95% of workplace injuries. Men are the ones that transport goods. You know, a huge portion of workplace injuries, workplace fatalities in particular, are roadway accidents. 
right? And and slips, trips, and falls in in construction environments, like those are two of the biggest causes of death in the workplace. Those I mean, are male-dominated fields, male-dominated accidents. Yeah, and work. Place that fatalities overall are something like over ninety percent, something like ninety five percent men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, um, and that's you know these are these are things that um, we just allow in society. They're they're treated as what do they call it when uh, casualties aren't more than they expected, acceptable casualties or something like that in the military and that's that's basically what society does when when we have you know a few thousand men a year die in the workplace and a, a, a few hundred women uh, because progress must progress uh, so yeah like then then on top of that you know you have a society that that has a highly developed legal system and a highly developed social system, and it's run by women, well then when men have a grievance, their grievance gets ignored. Especially if that grievance is, my kids are being withheld from me, I can't have my relationship with my family that I'm supposed to have, and I can't mentor my children the way I'm supposed to mentor them as a, as a father. Uh, he gets told you're shit out of luck. You know, when his grievance is... She lied about me. I didn't do the thing she said. And I shouldn't get punished for it. And my reputation should not be besmirched. Right? The answer is, you're shit out of luck. And even if he proves, look, here's solid evidence. She lied. She knew she was lying. I deserve recourse. Nope. You're shit out of luck. Right? That is how society treats men in developed countries. Right? I think men are more valued in less developed countries partly because there's more visceral understanding among women um, that, that men are the only thing standing between them and uh, exposure to the elements, exposure to hardship, exposure to poverty and starvation. Where women in, in countries like the U.S. are spoiled rotten. You know, they don't... They, there, there's a, a layer of government between women and the men that they are exploiting. Yep. Uh, let's see. Although the type of gender bias seen in gender inequality research only becomes obvious when you understand that inequality is unequally measured, there are other more overt examples... Uh, of the, how the term gender equality is badly abused. For example, when the European Central Bank recently stated on Twitter that equality is no longer enough. What? Many, yeah. Uh, many members of the public were forced to wonder if, being honest, enough was ever going to be enough. It seems that too many organizations today see men as a privileged patriarchy and no amount of smashing them is ever going to achieve equality. And I see that's another thing. Our women's advocates will crow and and yell about equality, right? And if you get into a situation where a resource, a benefit, you know, a goodie, for for lack of a better term, something that you want 
um, now is is uh, experiencing 51 or more percent female usage or representation in it. Um, they'll, they'll say, oh, that's equality. If it's 60% or more, well, that's equality. If it's 80% women, well, that's equality. They don't do that when it's 51% men, 60% men, 80% men. No, then women are being discriminated against. Exactly. And that's that's basically what we see here. Right. Uh, equality because... is no longer enough. Well, then equality was never your goal. Yeah. God, just, 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 <laughs> just, just being open and honest about who you are. I love it. Hey, just keep talking. Keep fucking talking, people. Just because you're just exactly, ex explicitly exemplifying the things that we have been saying for the longest times. And you're just, you're just going for the gold. Okay. You're yeah, under it, arrest, Lauren. That's, com <laughs> that's communism in a nutshell. Fine. It's fucking... <laughs> it's it's in infernalized like, misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> fucking misogyny's my fucking ass. These people, man. Ugh. It's just that feminists are so worried about us uh, handmaidens getting handmaid's knee. <laughs> You know, and and uh, this is this is something that I was gonna bring up um, when you, we were talking about incel, the term incel before, and yeah. um, and I think the 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 term for women that's kind of the equivalent is pick me, right? Because yeah. it's it's you 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 must be thirsty for dick. That's why you're out here trying to find a man, right? That's the equivalent because it's. Even women know that women can get sex if they want to, right? So it's not it's not that they want to be chosen for sex. They want to be chosen for relationships and marriage. Yeah. Right? That's what the that's what the real pick me thing is about. It's about wanting to be chosen and selected by a man for like forever for for these long-term goals, right? That that or seem to be ridiculous for these. Why would you? Why would you want a man? Why would you want a uh, girl? You could be independent. Okay, I right, let's see how long that independence lasts you. It's the idea that being independent rely on men's taxes to pay for programs they uh -huh. use. Exactly, exactly. But look, don't bring that up because oh my, you just hate women. Mm -hmm. You just hate women. <laughs> The idea that men are the one who pick the women has been... I mean, how can anyone stick by that paradigm ever for the last God knows how many hundred years? Men don't pick women. Women pick men. Really, that's what we need to start answering, too, when, when they call you a pick-me. Like, no. Yeah, I, I don't need to be picked. I picked him. Right, and that, that is true. Like I, I was head over heels for my husband the day I met him, and then I had my heart broken, <laughs> and I thought it was going to be broken forever because I had no idea that uh, his his wife was going to cheat and and leave, um, which you know, 
Like I I still wouldn't wouldn't have wanted him to go through that. Like I would rather have a broken heart my whole life than him going through that, but it's a nice consolation prize that we got together. <laughs> um but I I knew that like that just right then and I don't think it hit him cuz he wasn't looking. You know, he was married. I don't think it hit him until his divorce was over. But, uh... Well, any, well, any given relationship within Honey Venture um, radio community will tell you is that um, if you're a man, you'd better hope you can find a woman who doesn't hate men and is still single. And what yeah. this... Yeah. What this demonstrates is how difficult it is to, for a man to find a woman who doesn't hate men and is still single, which is incredibly difficult. Yeah. <laughs> because, because despite how many women there are out there who don't hate men, none of them are single because they find a man very quickly, because it's remarkably easy to find a man who doesn't hate women. Well, I, I would say this. It's it's not that. It's that if you don't hate men, you realize that there's plenty of them out there that are, are perfectly acceptable, like perfectly willing and, and you know, just deserving of yeah. that kind of relationship, you know, and but but that's the attitude of these women out here, these feminist types of women. They just they they disrespect. They don't care what men want. They don't care what men think. It's all about me and I'm the prize and I bring everything to the table and you better come with you better match what I got or or do better. You know what I mean? It's it's not about a compromise. It's not about um being a, a team or building something with anyone else but themselves. It's all a self-serving act. So you'll never, well, you'll find, you'll find the, the you know, the simps who, who will, you know, capitulate to you and, and, you know, go along with you because they don't want to be alone. They want to find somebody. Well, she's, she's better than, you know, this other chick with, you know, three baby daddies. This one only has one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, ah. Uh. Well, no, but, the really tough part is part of the reason that it's increasingly difficult to find, you know, grown women who are still single, who don't hate men, is because the women who are coming of age today have been raised by women who hate men. And were raised by women who hate men, right? Like there's a there's a you know three or more generation single mom pattern now to deal mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. Like you just if if her mom was a single mom, you know, think twice. If her grandma was a single mom, and her mom was a single mom, and she's talking about. Uh, wanting to be a mom, run. Mm -mm. run, run, 
like hell. Run like the devil is on your heels with a knife and a fork. Uh, Because that's basically the situation you're in. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I, and that's, that situation is, is, you know, how, how do we deal with, um, how do we deal with, with uh, a legal system that caters to that? How do we deal with a legal system? That's, that's why men are discriminated against in society today, because we have our, our whole government system is currently set up to cater to those women. Mm-hmm. And more women are seeing that and becoming those women, right? So, well, but... it was difficult. It was difficult for the boomers because so many boomers um, grew up um, without potential partners who who grew up without who grew up with fathers. Because the problem with the boomers is so many of them grew up with fathers who died in the second world war and i guess we could we could project this back into the first world war but most of those people had are dead right now and i guess one has to wonder why uh the pervading uh government insists on creating so many wars so that we have so many men who die in wars and so few women who die in wars yeah so that we can keep perpetuating this system of of children whose fathers died in the war and whose mothers did not so that they can also grow up in single mother families uh, single mother families who are single mother families for legitimate reasons <laughs> So that we can compare those with single mother families who are single mother families for non-legitimate reasons. So that we can compare them all as the same thing. And we can say, well, you only exist without a father for the same reason that other families grow up without a father for legitimate reasons. It's nothing to do with the fact that I fucking slung this pussy about and I didn't give a shit about the father. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you see women women who are in circumstances beyond their control versus women who just carelessly created a poverty situation for their child. Like you're you're looking at women who will be dedicated to try to give their kid the most normal life possible keep them connected to the family um and and even though dad isn't there at least make sure that the kid sees this is what the grown men in our family are like you know and and these are the grown men in our family that mom trusts and relies on you know for for advice and for help and and uh then the other one hates men talks about how trash they are you know, to her, and uh, you know, usually has a different one every month in the house, um, brings home the worst possible examples of men, and then, you know, when she gets drunk or stoned or, or angry or, you know, on, on her period or whatever, turns around and yells at her son that you're just like your father. Well, who is my father? How the hell should I know? 
And that's, that's, if, if toxic masculinity exists, that's how it's created. Right there. And you need to go off to a third world country where fight for the rights of some other cunt. And, and this is how it's perpetuated. Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, it was, you go off and fight, fight for Iraq even though it has nothing to do with our shit. And nowadays, it's you go off and fight for Ukraine, even though that has nothing to do with our shit. And so on and so forth. Go yeah, fight. Yep. <laughs> Just and go I'll, fight. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there in case, in case this stream gets taken down. Ah. But meanwhile, we'll finish the article, because uh, this, this does... Um, does you know, have an interesting note we should we should leave on. But perhaps the graph above shows that despite the prevailing negativity about men and masculinity, a large number of people are starting to overcome their unconscious biases against men. In theory, psychologists and social scientists should be ideally placed to help people overcome their biases, but psychology today is limited in regards to men by the equality of the or by the quality of the theory, research and training available, which is Feminist guided, by the way. Um, there are signs of improvement, but as things stand today, academia needs to be much more, or more, much, yeah, much more scientific and humanitarian. This, when there's typos, it's really hard because I assume I'm having a dyslexic moment. Um, when it comes to understanding men, helping to overcome human suffering must include male suffering. And it is something that must include all of us, supported by and not hindered by the legal system, politics, and the media, and other institutions that uh, influence the way we think about people. And that is that is the article. Um, so, like, my I'm I'm in agreement on this that you know there there is some. It looks like to me that there is some evidence that the Overton window on this is moving toward a, a wider spread um, degree of uh, compassion for men, where people who might have been indifferent previously now are looking at men's situation going, fuck, that's, that sucks, and it shouldn't mm. be that way, right? And that, that's a very important step, because that determines what politicians can get away with and what politicians can feel obligated to do. If, yeah. if the Overton window is at men are human and we have to treat them like human beings uh, and politicians don't go along with that, they lose their jobs. They get voted out of office. You know, it's like, worth so... pointing out that um, the likes of Adolf Hitler, at least Hitler himself, um, his philosophy was that um, the, um, the, the penance that women pay towards being a human being is that they give birth um, and it is quite difficult for a human woman to give birth because of how big the heads are and so forth but his idea was that um, the equivalent penance that men pay is that they fight wars it never mm. occurred to him that men head up the household where the children grow up yeah, ex 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 
exactly and and uh, throughout the last century there have been many um scientific advancements that make it easier for women to give birth and that maybe there can be political advancements that make it so that men don't have to fight wars and yeah. that 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 would be nice um uh let us consider the fact that, that there have been scientific advancements to make it easier for women to give birth and but if governments decide that men need to fight wars i mean what 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 has been put in place to prevent them from doing so yeah this is this is something that is in deep need of reform and honestly like this is a, this is a big part of the reason why i am for a genderless draft i don't think that the power addicts in washington will give up the power of forcing poor and uh, middle-class men to go fight wars in foreign countries that don't actually mean anything to the, the their folks at home. The war, not the country. Like, they won't give that up willingly. Nope. Like, one president attempted to uh, to make that happen, and the very next president reversed it. So that 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 was it. We didn't hear about it again. Right. So the only thing that we can do is draft women. You know, like have women sign up for selective service and if there's going to be a draft, both sexes are eligible for it and everyone in the United States is at risk of having their daughters drafted just as much as as they are of having their sons drafted. And that would make um that would make politicians have to think twice about exploiting the youth that way because people would not tolerate sending women. And or that they would could protect men from being sent. Or they could just define any man who identifies as a woman as a woman and any woman who identifies as a man as a man. That would be so much easier, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. But I bet the draft wouldn't last very long if they uh, added women to it. I bet selective service would suddenly become unimportant. Like, why do we need bodies? Why do we need boots on the ground? We got, we got technology. We can we can send in machines. Right? Mm-hmm. Just just like those uh, <laughs> fight for fifteen workers mm-hmm. and and all, uh, all those McDonald's workers who got their fifteen dollars an hour. They were soon replaced by the the machines. <laughs> yep, you just, you or, know, or just like, like all know. those drones, like wars have been fought by drones ever since the Obama regime. Uh-oh. Uh, does that mean anything? I don't. Fuck. We just Uh-oh. you know just change it so that you know all all it is is a bunch of drones, big drones, little drones, medium drones, and uh, in order to serve in the military, you have to be a decent gamer. You just you gotta be able to pilot the drone from a distance. Can I can I get a side of fries with my drone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, no, no, gamer, no. Ju- you have gamer have, just means have... misogynist, doesn't it? <laughs> gotta have your Doritos and your Mountain Dew <laughs> Mountain and your Dew. sunglasses <laughs> while you're piloting your drone. That's the rules. 
but you're not allowed to wear the sunglasses unless you get a confirmed kill. Um, <laughs> and with that, I think I better get into the super chats because we're getting into the weeds. But yeah, I like that's it. It's that is the situation that we're in. Maybe if we can gain, you know, more and more compassion for men in the future, uh, we won't we won't need that. We can just get that that selective service eliminated. Go go to an all voluntary military, like um, and people aren't going to believe this, but it was Richard Nixon that wanted to do that. Mm all voluntary and uh, after he resigned Ford honored that wish by eliminating the draft eliminating the selective service sign up requirement and it was eliminated for like four or five years and then it was reinstated by Carter remember when wow. one when one journalist by the name of David Frost was able to infiltrate uh, Rich, Richard Nixon and like single handedly Get him to cry about the Watergate scandal. Imagine if that was possible with Donald Trump. Evidently, it's not. Like a million journalists are not able to go in and make him confess to the crimes that they thought he was guilty of. I'm not even sure about the like when nixon I, I, when nixon cried did he talk about why they really were breaking into that hotel i'm starting to wonder like given um, <laughs> given all the shit we've been revealed about how the left wing media is full of shit i'm starting to wonder if nixon was even guilty of all the shit they accused him of he was like um, he probably was but all this has left me wondering and you know i uh. um so what people may not know was the break in at the watergate hotel they always said it was you know opposition research like no that's kind of bullshit um it was to see what opposition research they had and in particular um, opposition research on what Nixon did before he was voted into office. Because uh, he went over to um, negotiate with the uh, opposing side in the Vietnam War. You know, hold off, hold off. Wait until I get into office, I'll give you a better deal. And uh, that there was, um, I guess, a document, a letter, I can't remember, that I believe Nixon thought LBJ had it. And um, that's what they were looking for. They were looking for evidence that he had it, or they were looking for evidence that they knew about it and could use it against Nixon in the next election. And, uh, in case, in, in case anyone's wondering if we'll ever get like video footage of Joe Biden crying yeah. about all the bullshit he did, it's not going to happen. As 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 soon as the journalist in question poses the uh, the the biggest question they can ask, there's just going to be like a dozen um, White House operatives going, no, 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 stop, stop right now, stop right now, this interview is over, this interview is over. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. But yeah, I what I what I just described is a uh, violation of um Oh shit. The law that uh one of the guys that was convicted, Flint was was convicted of uh violating, I believe, Hatch Act. I think I've got that right. Where you're not supposed to go over and act as a uh, in a, a position of federal authority until you actually have that position. Uh, if you do, you're in violation. Right? Well, he already had that position. He was convicted of violating a law he didn't violate, but Nixon did violate that law. He wasn't elected yet. So, so there's that. Um, he he interfered in the Vietnam War. Uh, that that's pretty pretty bad shit. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's amazing how many former vice presidents went on to become presidents. Nixon was one of them. Bush was one of them. Yeah. Um, and Biden was one of them. It's kind of you really need to watch out for well, former vice presidents who became presidents. Nixon eh? was a one term. Bush was a one term. So let's see. Biden hopefully will also be a one term. Yeah, well, uh, <clears throat> I can't imagine him trying to run in this next election. Um, but really, honestly, <laughs> who else do they have? Who does anybody have? Like, forget about Biden. I, I don't even think he's going to make it to the election, much less through it and through another term. But I cannot see them handing the torch over to Kamala. It's just... Yeah, that's no... scary. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> now, I, I like... Various theories about 9-11 notwithstanding, right? Just imagine for a moment... Kamala Harris is in there reading a book to a bunch of school children, and her aide comes in and whispers into her ear that an act of war has been committed against the United States on U.S. soil, oh, and 3,000 people are, are suspected to be dead. And her first response is to cackle like the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, you're serious? That really happened? Oh my god! <laughs> you know... The kids would be in a panic immediately. The media would be in a panic. <laughs> no, August Lyon, I do not want to be president. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Not happening. Besides, well, you get like, secret security coverage for the rest of your life. Come on. Yeah, I There's know. Well, you, like, you, you, you realize you, how you, much you, privacy you have to give up? You say that. You say that, but it would only work if Kamala was had no power whatsoever and she was just a face employed to be president despite having no power. Now, right. does that remind you of anyone? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, imagine if, if imagine if Biden was suddenly informed of of an emergency of, uh, of, that, of that kind of um, emergence. That would be the most embarrassing scene because the guy would lean over and whisper into his ear, and, and Biden would whisper, stage whisper back to him, and everyone would hear it. No, he would be like, yeah, I know. I was yeah. told about this. Yeah. Like, 
Like no, no, two you fucking hours. No, you two fucking hours ago. What are you talking about? Yeah. Because he because he can't help himself. <laughs> yeah. Gee, Pete's. You know, I I had thought about making some parodies, uh, parody videos of, um, you know, Biden versus Bernie debating, and and just taking their actual speech, and putting it to. Um, Grandpa Simpson, Biden was going to be Grandpa Simpson, and I can't remember who I was going to do uh, with Bernie Sanders, but in any case, I realized Grandpa Simpson was too charitable for Biden, and then I kind of stopped because I didn't know any characters I could use that, like, maybe... If there was a character that's a cross between Grandpa Simpson and Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, but Biden himself is such a parody of himself that it, that you, you can't parody that. Yeah, it's Biden is as stupid as Biden is as stupid as Pinky, but as contemptuous as Brain. Mm-hmm. Yes, and as senile yeah. as Grandpa Simpson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's kind of heartbreaking. Like, I mean, it's not that I had any great respect for him before. I mean, you guys all know there's no love lost there. After I read about the crime bill and the the, the uh, Violence Against Women Act, um, and, and in particular, like, in the 90s when the, the Violence Against Women Act was being passed, I read more about that than I did the crime bill. There seemed to be more written about that. And there was more discussion about that among the women I was hanging out with at the time. And I kept saying it was going to be a disaster because, like, we already had laws that did everything that everybody was saying. We need a new law to do this. And there was something they weren't telling us, right? There was something, some other purpose behind it that they weren't telling us because there was no other reason that they would pass a law to do what they already had a law doing. And... You know, soon enough, like, it was only a year after, actually not even a full year after the law passed, when local police departments in my area started doing stupid shit. Um, sorry guys, uh, that's my phone. Um, anyway... Or was I? And and I knew it was from, I knew it was because of that law over over time. And as I the more I discovered, the more I realized that like this is it. This is federally mandated, and that was enough. Like there was I was never going to be able to have any respect for for Joe Biden because he basically created a a situation uh, that that was impossible for abused men and very advantageous to false accusers. Like, that's what got me involved in men's rights. Like, and for the record, FBI's asshole, um, Joe Biden is a hero and a saint and America's only hope against this rapist who is Donald Trump. Um, please let me into the USA <laughs> uh, as of tomorrow when it might actually be an option. Mm. Please. Please. <laughs> Pretty please. <laughs> it would be nice. Mm. 
Oh, sometimes I love having two jobs. Guys, <laughs> I seriously turned down. Uh, I could have worked a shift this evening because, like, somebody called off. And I turned it down because I'm doing this. And I explained, I am working. You know, like, I go into work at 3 o'clock tomorrow. And I just got asked to take a shift tonight. Like, she was calling to ask me to work tonight. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wow. like, I'm at my other job right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, this would be basically um, working until uh, 6.30 in the morning and then coming back in at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -mm. There's just no way. Mm -mm. Like, I didn't sleep today so that I would sleep tonight so that I would be up in the morning. <laughs> like, right. Uh... And and um, I think this is the third time today I have explained that I am at my other job today. And this is the only day of the week that I'm <laughs> at my other job. And this is the day that I get asked to cover the most. Mm -hmm. oh, Your taxes are going to be interesting as of April the 15th. <laughs> oh, they always are. They always are. Like, I, my, my taxes are always interesting. Actually, we had to create a business name and incorporate uh, as a limited liability corporation so that I could pay taxes on my honey badger income because the U.S. government demands that I do that but gives me no way to do it as a mm. as an uh, a independent contractor that isn't a business owner. So legally I'm a business owner now. It's crazy. So, but yeah. Oh. Uh, but anyway. Ima imagine a world without government. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. have. I have. I have daydreamed about that. Daydreamed about that. But you know. Everybody smile on your brother. Everybody <laughs> get together. <laughs> Try to love one another right now. Right, meow. <laughs> Boy, would that be nice. But that's not what we got, so we got to work with what we got. So, anyway, um, let me find where I saved the Super Chats, because I, I, I knew it was going to scroll past them. Here we are. We got two Super Chats that I was able to see. I didn't see any other ones before or after that. Uh, so, uh, the first one was from Senior Sticks. Um, and gave us $2 USD and said, idea for HBR buddy, Hannah, Karen, Allison, Lauren. Like, you mean like the thumbs up buddy with a big smile? Like, I could do that. <laughs> Just, you know, don't look at my teeth. Um, <laughs> Albert Nader Retro gave us $5.50 Canadian and said, Lauren, did you get a chance to finish reading it? And can you pass it on to Hannah, Brian, and Dr. Mike? Like, just be aware, uh, Albert, that I have no extra time to read right now <laughs> like this this thing that happened tonight with the shifts is I, I i picked up that extra shift tomorrow i picked up an extra shift this past monday and i have i go in early on saturday and i picked up extra shifts next weekend and the week after so like i, I picked up a buttload of extra shifts because we just lost both of our second shifters Aye, so, aye, aye. Yeah. I mean, it's like, 
it's a there's a there's a thing going on between um the baby boomer administrator generation like down into gen x and the um zoomer generation's idea of how work should be and it's very hard to keep zoomers employed and there's actually there's a lot of uh, millennials or gen y and gen x that are catching that fever so um so yeah i'm i'm not even i'm i'm working because there is nobody else to do the job <laughs> um honestly like i'm i'm kind of the last resort but uh you know like it's not that there's not other workers it's that everybody is picking up extra hours and, and i that's everybody i know that's working is talking about that happening in their workplace too so something's going to have to change i i think um the way that scheduling is done and the way that work is done is going to have to change a little bit and if the younger generation wants to be able to afford to live, they're going to have to change the way they work, too. It's going to have yeah. to be a meeting halfway. But in any case, that's the way it is. Albertross gave us $5 USD and said, here's a couple of bucks for working two jobs, a heart, peace sign, and dove. Uh, and I thank you very much for that. And I uh, will probably do that for as long as I can do it. Yeah. So it's kind of a, I guess, kind of an addiction there. But uh, let's see now if my page will load. Did we have any, we did not have any Rumble rants that were paid. Um, and I don't see any that were, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't see any that really need to be read out. So we go to uh the super chows. If I can get Discord to work. And find the super chow channel. And there we go. Super chows. I have to open and get the channel to open. My I, I do this on my desktop computer and it's like super slow with, with Discord for some reason. Meredith G gave us five dollars and said HBR talk two sixty, honey for the badgers. Isn't it interesting that chivalry comes from an aristocratic sense of entitlement and the first wave feminists were all upper class, elite and entitled? And isn't it interesting that the elite uh like to use weapons divisive uh or weaponized divisive ideology to keep the masses in check. Um, well, it's in particular um, like romantic chivalry because there's chivalry that was uh, pre-aristocratic gynocentrism that was that was not like that. Um, it was it wasn't about women. It was about honor and respect uh, and, and like it very different system but uh uh chivalry um literally translates as horsage yeah um it was about I, like it, a, a night you know a, a it, night it, it, it translates to very translates to various different yeah. european um um 
civilizations into men who rode horses. Yeah. But somehow, um, uh, beyond the realm of language, it translated into men who ride horses and fight for women's um, um, honor. Yeah, honor <laughs> and regard. But it, 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 on the way there, it became, you know, men who ride horses and treat each other with a professional respect and, and, um, professional, uh, courtesy and take care of, uh, you know, or, or, um, help and treat, and treat women as goddesses. Help the weak, help the sick, uh, protect the land, you know, and things like that. It wasn't about women. And then along came the aristocracy and was like, well, it needs to be more, we need more women in this, you know, more women in chivalry. Uh, we need to be the target. You know, forget about the and, uh, the elderly and, and the sick and the infirm. Just women. If you and if you ever look at portraits of aristocratic men in those days, they tended to wear quite gaudy outfits, which included miniskirts and gaudy tights. Mm -hmm. I'm one of these days. I'm go I'm gonna do a video about this. I might even I might even. Uh, just write a fucking blog and send it off to someone influential like like Lotus Eaters, and point out to everyone that the way men, the way upper class men used to dress in medieval times, is the way troons dress nowadays. You should get Allison in on that because I think she did a research paper on that. Yeah, we've been trying to get we've all of us have been trying to get this across for fucking ten years. That it's 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 how upper class people dress, and then one day, it was just decided that women would dress like this, and then it was just like women are just indistinguishable from upper class people, and now men can't dress like this because men don't dress like upper class people, and that it's it's so yeah. complicated. It's complicated, but it's tr it's hard to get it across. I'm going to figure it out one day, and it's going to be along the lines of that joke involving the aristocrats. You know, the aristocrats joke. <laughs> I'm going to do that. One of these days, I'm going to fucking Gosh. do that. <laughs> All righty. Well, then we got uh, Michael Emmerich uh, Winberg gave us $5 and said, In Islamic countries, the police will kill a woman for not wearing a hijab. Uh, sparking countrywide protests in which the majority of the casualties and arrests are men. For some reason. But one thing is true. They won't kill men for not wearing the appropriate garb. The reason for that is that men know better than to do so, and nobody will protect them or fight for them if they're killed. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. Men, men would have to not wear the appropriate garb in order to be killed for it. But they will throw men off buildings for holding hands in public. But they don't do that to women. Yeah, that's that's that's, yeah. Like I said, uh, there there's definitely a pretty high degree of um, gynocentrism in Islam. You just have to know what you're looking for. Um, Teflon Soul oh. gave us ten dollars and said, "Just a dono and thanks for the good good show." And thanks for the donation. Thanks for not letting us die on that hill that we we were going to die on ages ago. 
yeah. Well, I'm still I'm still dying on it, but you know, it, I decided not to. Uh, I'm going to spend the whole time living. <laughs> yeah. But with that, I think we got uh, I think we got them all. And yeah, flamboyant men. Night motorcyclist says flamboyant men in Islam are killed. And uh, Shaman King XYZ says they are called rooftop tours. Jeez, <laughs> oh, it's like, like helicopter rides, but it's not. It's not funny. Um, but uh, but yeah. Uh, with that, I'm gonna thank everybody for listening to. This was a great article, and we uh, made a nice double sausage out of it. Yeah. Um. And uh, thanks to my two co-hosts for sticking out. This is kind of a long sausage, but I don't leave for work tonight. And uh, thanks to everybody who works in the background to make HBR Talk happen. And of course, thanks to Dr. John Berry for writing this great article. Yes. Good night, all. Good night, y'all. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.